Three, four. From the smallest room in New York City comes a show that gives you a reason to live. Join me now, Ray Schneiders. Hey, Ray, how are you? Pat, doing well. How are you doing there? I'm doing good, but I realize I almost forgot to tell you about April Fool's Day. When cops responded to a, a radio run of a male with a knife, uh, the 55-year-old Hispanic dude was ordered to drop the weapon, followed that order very quickly by the sound of weapons being discharged. The perpetrator uh, was struck in both legs, and uh, it, it impeded his ability to walk, so they got him a ride to the hospital. Uh, while the volume of the discharge, it impeded the, the cop's ability to hear, they caught a lift to a a hospital for tinnitus. Uh, considering all they've been through together already, they'd elected to uh, go to a different hospital. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, differential in the styles of the uh, cops here, right? uh, wouldn't you say? Um, yeah, I mean, depending on where um, where they were, if they were in a, for instance, in a hallway, um, yeah, the, I mean, the firearms can be deafening. Of course, we're on the range. We're always using ear protection. Um, outside, it can still be very loud if it's uh, if you're firing from within a vehicle. Uh, I mean, deafening. You can actually you can actually do damage. Yeah, that's what they were doing. Uh, they they uh, as they pulled up, I, I guess uh, the the guy had a gun pointed at them, and uh, it, they uh, and they opened fire. So the differential was uh, these uh, and, and really, and you know what? It's it's since we're talking about tinnitus for a second. Uh, I, like anybody, I underestimated the, uh, volume and the power of those kind of shots, but I went shooting one time and I didn't wear any ear protection. This one time we were out in the woods and, you know, it was kind of implied that I'd be a pussy if I did that. So I, uh, you know, shot an M16 and, uh, some other stuff and, I had a show that night. This was in Nashville. And as I was on stage, I could not hear the voice coming out of my head. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. You were, you definitely had some overexposure there and you know, sometimes it's progressive. And once, once your ears are already buzzing and ringing, uh, what takes huh? place after that, <laughs> Yeah, exactly what's uh, happening after that, you can't tell about the additional damage that can be taking place. Yeah, I mean, there was a crazy ringing in my ears, and, and I, that was a, a very disorienting thing to be, you know, for all I knew, the sounds that were coming out of my mouth were, you know, like I like I sounded like I was deaf or something, you know, like, uh, who, who knew? He had no way of knowing. Uh, so these, these officers, though, uh, were at different points, I guess, in their, uh, like one guy, there was a guy there, he's five years in, and a female who came on last year, the female fired once, and uh, the more experienced cop, the male, 10 times. <laughs> so I guess that represents pretty much uh, all of his all of his bullets uh, that were in the gun at the time, right? Well, depending on uh, whether he was firing a 9mm, I mean, there are 9mm out there that can hold up to 18 rounds. Uh, okay. You know. So he might have shown a great deal of restraint. Uh, he could have, and depending on when she fired, um, you know, 10 rounds can go very quickly. You, the, you can actually crank off 10 rounds in less than two seconds uh, if you're if you're really on the hammer. And uh, depending on where she was, she may have been trying to take up a position and got off one shot at, you know, not without a video. It's hard to tell. 
Yeah, right, right. Well, uh, the uh, perpetrator was Ricardo Cardona, not glue, and the man is an experienced packer of heat with stats to prove it, going back to 82 when he was busted for criminal possession of a firearm. But he uh, offended in a variety of ways, including breaking into someone's dwelling, an incident in which he caused injury. He also... uh, he was also arrested for assault with the intent to cause physical injury, injury, uh, patronizing a prostitute, patronizing a prostitute. I guess it would be patronizing, right? Uh, patronizing <laughs> would be like, Oh, you're such a great prostitute. <laughs> <Right>? Yes. <laughs> yeah. You put that on her Yelp. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, uh, there was that and another weapons charge, but it, it would seem that at 55, he never fully committed to a career in crime. In fact, I, I wouldn't even call it a serious hobby. More likely he just couldn't stay within the strict boundaries of the law. And God knows it can be a tightrope. Uh, 1982, 1986, 1997, 98, 2016, 2020. Uh, Cardona, not glue. It's safe to say has spent a good number of years not getting caught. I mean, you know, we, we always think in terms of the arrest, but, you know, that's just the stuff that they uh, that, that they got caught doing, right? Oh, right. Yeah. You figure for every uh, arrest, um, you know, there's probably a dozen other things uh, that he hasn't been caught doing. Yeah, I don't know if he was making a living at it or not, uh, which is no small feat for a six foot, two hundred eighty pound burglary firearm and assault enthusiast like Cardona, not glue. Uh, like a he's like a fatter, uglier Ron Jeremy, but we can't confirm whether or not he can count backwards from ten. Uh, <laughs> he's got the dad bod of a dad who ate another dad, you know. Right. Uh, yeah, and if he's uh, if he's if he's that large and in charge out on the streets, there's probably not a whole lot of uh, confidential informants giving him up for any crimes out there either. Oh, that makes yeah, that's a good point. Uh, is that a dangerous thing to do, being a confidential informant? Well, it it can be, especially if um, you know if they they're known to have a history for that because. You know, one one thing that inspires them is they try to work off a case. So it's it's you know they get arrested, they're desperate, especially if they're under the influence, and that's generally why narcotics guys, uh, narcotics enforcement officers from the uh, local, state, and federal level will use them because they can't go to back to jail uh, just strictly out of fear of either being killed for you know, prior informant, uh, type activity, or just not being able to, uh, go without the drugs. So they've, they've got a, uh, they've got quite the incentive to, to give up information on people. Sure. Addiction. It, it can really, uh, light a fire under you and it can change who you are. You know, you, you were, might've been like a perfectly honorable criminal at one time, you know, and there you are ratting out your friends and associates. Did you ever see a movie called, uh, friends of Eddie Coyle? Friends of Eddie Coyle. No, I haven't seen that. Uh, I believe it's Robert. Yeah, Robert Mitchum, and he's a confidential informant in the film, trying to uh, work off a case. And the guy is just a hard ass. You know, the guy that he's reporting to, he's not impressed with anything. He's like, "Come on, you know." Uh, it's 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 really a uh, it's a great movie and a sad tale. You know, this guy he's an aging criminal now, and as he puts it, he's trying to figure out how to pay the plumber. You know. Uh, fine, uh, fine movie, Friends of Eddie Coyle. Uh, now, cops are trained to shoot for center mass, uh, right? That's that's correct, isn't it? Yeah, well, we're taught is is to double tap two to the chest, one to the head. Wow. 
So if you connected on all those, you know, that's that's quite a uh, that's a little combo. Right. And yeah, and that's assuming, you know, I don't know how many of those uh, 10 rounds actually struck this guy, you know, on the legs. But it's yeah, I mean, I mean, it's easy on the range, you know, to be <laughs> to, to score high, you know, except, you know, in a, in a real situation with an armed suspect, it's a whole different story. I don't think uh, any officer comes near to qualifying in uh, those situations like they do on the range. Oh, well, I wouldn't think so. I mean, it's a, I, I can't even imagine. It's a, the average person, which I am, is not really uh, ever going to get that. Uh, but uh, let's go ahead and be critical anyway. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if they got him, well, I mean, I'm not saying the guy should be shot dead. And a lot of people will say things like, well, why don't they shoot him in the legs? And uh, why don't they shoot the gun out of their hand? And all, I mean, like, it's, it's so silly. Uh, but this guy, really, he frankly was... He was all center mass and massive in the middle, you know, like an underhand meatball, slow motion drifting towards the sweet spot of an aluminum bat. So uh, he, he's actually very lucky that these officers shot low because he wasn't that far away. But most shootings happen within about 15 feet, right? Uh, yes, and oftentimes even less than that. And, and what's, what's hard to do is is when you're, when you're on the range, you're taught to squeeze the trigger, not pull the trigger. Because when you pull, um, you tend to use your wrist and your hand when you're pulling something. And so what that'll do is that all that has to do is take the barrel and shift it one side to the other up or down, and it's going to throw off the trajectory immensely. And yeah, you think, well, God, how could they not have, you know, hit this guy's center mass? And you know, in stressful situations, yeah, these they were probably pulling the trigger, you know, in desperation, not, uh, you know, not just standing there and squeezing each round out. I don't know. The, the, these guys got the job done, though. And the guy uh, is he's he certainly was neutralized and uh, good for them. And uh, I, I guess you'd have to say, uh, 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 what do you call it? A, a salute to service, as as we like to say on Safe Space with Talib Starks every Thursday at two thirty on Compound Media. <laughs> yeah, absolutely, definitely <laughs> salute to service. That's the way we talk. By the way, that that was not a plug. That's just the way we talk. We're very specific when we talk to one another. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> This was an unusual gun that uh, that he was carrying. It was it's it's a rather old looking kind of Apple Dumpling Gang era looking kind of cowboy gun or something. Yeah, from the from the looks of it, uh, if you ever saw the movie with Clint Eastwood from 1985, it's called Pale Rider. And if you remember the last uh, sequence where he is. Um, one by one systematically shooting all these uh, hired guns that have come to get him. Um, he's got a firearm in which uh, you can see that rod that takes the pulls out and actually attaches the cylinder to the inside of the gun. You can actually remove the cylinder and reload it sort of like an old speedy loader uh, when officers were carrying those uh, when I first started uh, in the early eighties. And the firearm is a single action, which means as opposed to a double action. So you can't just squeeze off rounds. You actually have to cock the hammer back and pull the trigger 
for each round fired. You have to ask who you're shooting at if they feel lucky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's a very impractical design, isn't it? But I guess it was just it's just a it's just primitive. Yeah, yeah, I mean for its time, uh the uh yeah, I think the the peacemaker is as it was referred to, uh which is a lot of times why uh a lot of these uh uh, gunslingers, as they were called, or even uh, sheriffs, would carry two guns uh, because you are you can't just rapid succession like kind of like fanning them. Uh, I think you see uh, like in the movie Tombstone, which is which takes place I think a little later, where they actually just take their hand and just kind of hit the hammer with their left hand, you know, repeatedly. Yes, yes, yes. Uh, that's something Val Kilmer did. Uh, ah. In Tombstone, and and is that something that Doc Holliday actually did? Well, depending on the gun, but this particular one, this is definitely not one that you could do. That they used to call it a Fanner Fifty. Uh, this gun, definitely not. This is something you would just have to cock with your thumb each time and and fire. Take careful aim and hope that nothing is is moving on you too quickly, I guess. Uh, interesting choice of a gun for, uh, I guess he's an old-fashioned guy, this uh, uh, Cardona, not glue. Yeah, this looks like uh, something that a collector would own. So since you mentioned his history of burglary, it's probably something he, you know, he lifted during uh, some type of burglary of somebody's residence. Now, that is a sensible statement. You know, this uh, shooting occurred in the 45th Precinct, which is uh, the northeast corner of the Boogie Down B, not too far from the Botanical G, and the precinct in which you will find, for real find, none other than Pelham Bay P. Uh, now, the 45th Precinct is hemmed in against Long Island Sound to the east by the New England Thruway to the west. That's the western boundary of that uh, patrolling area pelham bay park for those who don't know is uh it's effing gigantic i've never been there but i've been to central park and it seems pretty big uh, this uh this enorme p in the northeast boogie d is more than three times the size of central p and amazingly half the calories how do they do it <laughs> Uh, three times the size of Central Park, more than three times. And uh, in fact, it's it's the largest in the city, 2,772 acres. Uh, now, you are a homeowner, uh, Ray, I believe, right? Yes. And you, ha so you have some idea what acres, what that looks like, right? So right. I mean, it put, put this in terms that somebody who never sees an acre, uh, you know, how, how big is 2,772 acres? Oh, wow. Um, now this, you're saying that that that's three times the size of uh, Central Park. Oh yeah, it, over three times the size of it. Yeah. Wow. Then you're talking uh, several square miles. Yeah. That, it's, that it's, many acres. Yeah. It's it's gigantic. Now it's a lot of it is uh, the Pel you know Pelham Bay Park uh, makes up quite a bit of the forty uh, 45th precinct, and it also includes uh, Peninsula, which we've spoken of before, Throg's Neck. Uh, and that's that's actually in the park. Uh, it's not in the park. It's it's down a ways. It's actually south uh, eastern part of of uh, the Bronx, and uh, it's spelled just like it sounds with either one or two G's. You can actually, uh, it's your option. I think we can all appreciate a word 
with that kind of flexibility. I think it speaks well to the people there. But how how did it get that way? I'm going to tell you. Uh, not that you care, but I'm going to tell you anyway, right? <laughs> it, right. It, it originally had two Gs, but was shortened uh, so it would fit more easily onto street signs. And the guy who pulled the trigger on that, since we're talking guns, none other than Robert Moses, who we've discussed at length before. And uh, it, it, all, all I'll say is that any anytime you're reading anything about New York City, if you follow the connections and read far enough, you're going to run into Robert Moses. Uh, he, uh, you know, he was a big advocate for cars and, and, and stuff like that when, when a lot of people wanted to go to the uh, public transportation. Just uh, so much to say about him. I'm going to ignore it for now, but uh, another day. Now, the name comes Throg's Neck uh, from uh, this is, you know, the area in the Bronx. Uh, it's 40, 45th Precinct, and the name Throg's Neck comes from an English immigrant and uh, an associate of the Puritan minister, Roger Williams. Uh, who was kind of a big colonial deal in the 17th century. I don't know how up you are on your colonial history, Ray. Uh, not real big on uh, East Coast colonial stuff, no. Joining us from uh, Fontana, uh, Ray, uh, Ray Schneiders, and I forgot to mention retired homicide detective from the Fontana PD, uh, who actually uh, may be uh, making a, a return to service. Is, is Did I understand that correctly? Well, there is something out uh, there right now that was put out, if uh, your listeners would want to uh, check it out, on uh, policeone.com. That is a law enforcement uh, website originally started in the 70s, I believe, as a uh, police magazine. Uh, Apparently what is happening is you have so many law enforcement agencies, and you can have like LAPD that has 10,000, and then you can have like the city of San Marino, and they've got, you know, maybe 30, 35 officers. Well, if you have, as we just had the last couple days nearby here in uh, Riverside County, two of their deputies have died from this. They were exposed to it in their uh, county jail, apparently. That's too bad. So what has happened is personnel exposed to them are put on a 14-day incubation period. And depending on how many personnel they've been in contact with, you know, one person who gets it can, they have contact with 30 other employees, you know, they all have to be put off duty. Um, I heard some numbers about uh, NYPD that they've got some upwards of six, 700 that are off duty right now. Uh, not all infected, but, um, you know, possibly could be. Yeah. So what has happened is this number continues and apparently in anticipation of next week being worse, they're saying that they're going to possibly have to activate or attempt to activate retired law enforcement personnel like myself. And that is, um, that's always been something that's been a stickler because here in California, there's always been this rule that you cannot double dip in law enforcement. You can't, for instance, if you have the same retirement system, you cannot then retire and then go to work for another law enforcement agency that has the same retirement system. Now, you could go, for instance, to a sheriff's department or to another city, let's say, that has that, has a different retirement system. But because of what's going on now, uh, Governor Gavin Newsom has just signed an executive order that states that he is suspending that rule about not being able to double dip and has given authorization for retirees 
to be reactivated um, if they are willing to do so. Now, I know some are going to say, absolutely not. I'm not going to do it. There are some that are simply too old or physically not capable of uh, resuming the job. However, there are uh, some support issues in positions that they could take. It doesn't all mean that, you know, these retirees are going to be out in uniform out in the street. No, um, let's let's imagine them out in the street because this is starting to sound like uh, like a movie with Alec Baldwin and uh, I don't know, like uh, oh, that's Carlos Mencia. Yeah, Carl Carlos Mencia. You know, like a couple of old comedians who are supposed to be old cops going back to work again to patrol the mean streets, and uh, you know, you could call it some country for old men. You know, <laughs> yeah, oh, exactly. Some of the conversations I've seen on some police chat rooms I've been in on one guy even suggested, hey, hey, let's go, let's all go back to work and let's see who can get hired and fired the quickest <laughs> for yeah. not being politically correct or out That's on the street. Probably going to be about a hundred way tie for first on that, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I could I, I could see uh, Governor Newsom, he can waive the salary thing, but he may have to waive a few other rules too if he wants yeah. to bring us back. <laughs> I, I, I guess there's a whole range of shit that probably was very helpful uh, in terms of policing back then too well sure and there's uh yeah and of course we we know what's uh what's acceptable and what isn't but i could see a, <laughs> i could think of a few guys right now that would think oh what you can't say that anymore <laughs> you're kidding yeah well yeah and I, and, and, and I shouldn't have uh undercut that that's the source of the comedy for the movie of course exactly it's it's going to be them going around and like saying, hey, like the sexy secretary there, a sexy lady cop, you know, and they're like, hey, all right, check out the ass on her, you know, or whatever. Yeah. Sexual harassment. You all end up getting sued and losing your pensions. <laughs> <laughs> but then you solve a big crime and they, and they get reinstated. You know, you, you, you do something like solve, like, like you defeat the Mexican drug cartels. Oh, yeah, that's right. And how many times are you going to hear some guy say, oh, I'm too old for this shit? <laughs> that, uh, <laughs> that's basically the theme of the whole movie. Well, I, I, yeah. I wish you luck and be safe out there if you do decide to go back. Because uh, uh, and, and honestly, you know, uh, I hope that you'll still be able to visit with us from time to time, you know, when you're back in the thick of, uh, you know, cracking cases and everything. Yeah, it, it'd be interesting. It's, uh, you know, hopefully it, it doesn't get that bad, but uh you know, gosh, I mean, if you got governors out there signing executive orders, uh, clearing the path for this, you know, I, you know, maybe they're anticipating something they haven't fully disclosed to us yet. Maybe, you know, I mean, but I don't, I can't imagine what it would be because they keep telling us that doomsday is next week. The world ends and uh, it's going to be really, really bad. A lot of you are not going to make it. It's like, they, they keep saying wartime, and I think that's said with some intent. Yeah, and with in here in California, I mean, the numbers are just not matching the hype. Now, in smaller states, um, it probably looks a whole lot worse. It's like you know the pin map on a you know on a briefing board at a police department. If you see all this concentration in one small area, yeah, it looks really bad. But there's 40 million people in California. I mean, there's more people in California than in than in all of Canada. And but they can't. The numbers are 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 still in the low hundreds, and you know it doesn't exactly you know set off these alarm bells. Right. We've got we've we've got some. We do have some cases here uh, to be sure, but 
you know, you're right about that pin map effect. You know, when you look at all those little red blobs and you're going, holy shit. But you got to understand, there's probably that many people in New York City who are being sued for misgendering a transsexual, you know. <laughs> right. There's a lot of people. Uh, so let's go back to simpler times just for a moment, if you don't mind, since uh, talking about Roger Williams, this guy, uh, he was... He was a big deal in the Massachusetts Bay Colony, okay? Uh, he wasn't just a minister, but an author, a, a theologian. He was one of the first abolitionists, and he believed in religious freedom, separation of church and state. He even organized the first attempt to abolish slavery. Uh, so, and, and he advocated for uh, fair dealings with the American Indians. So he was expelled by the Puritan leaders there at the Massachusetts Bay Colony for spreading new and dangerous ideas, which is an it's an interesting thing to be expelled for spreading new and dangerous ideas. Like every word of that to me is interesting. Like start with new, you know, the Puritans, they, they were serious people, you know, you know, they don't like new ideas. Like, we got nothing against ideas. I mean, this is the 1630s. We're not savages, you know. Uh, not only are we not savages, we don't deal fairly with savages. We've never, we've never dealt with them fairly before. This is a new idea. And so you, it, I, I think they figured that if you deal fairly with savage with savages, it's dangerous. And uh, the newness I, was an issue too. You know, the danger. It's a serious problem. Here's the thing. It's one thing if you if you have ideas, you know, which we didn't already have. That's that's new ideas. We're reasonable men. We're not savages. But like I said, but uh, uh, any man at one time or another, they probably figured maybe tempted to pursue a line of thinking that leads to a conclusion culminating in a new idea. Uh, you know, and I can imagine this guy talking to uh, Roger Williams. You know, if I'm honest, I've had some new ideas of my own. But Roger, when I did, I kept them to myself. That's what you do with new ideas. You're spreading them. It's not enough to just have these. No, you had to spread them. So Roger Williams, uh, he left and he founded, uh, you know, when they expelled him, he, he went ahead and left. And he founded the Providence Plantations, which became the colony of Rhode Island. Okay. So uh, 40 years later, fast forward, he's in his 70s and tensions between the colonists and the Indians were coming to a head, to say the least. And there was something in 1675 that started King Philip's War, which I wasn't really familiar with, but it's widely considered to be the bloodiest, deadliest war in colonial American history. Uh, huge tragedy in New England. Uh, and Roger Williams had always had good relations with the chief of the Wampanoags. And then the chief died. And then the chief's son, Metacom, his name's, which is fucking a killer name. I mean, for I mean that kid was way ahead of his time with a name like Medicom. Took over as chief, and there was a disagreement then over some terms of a treaty. He didn't honor. He wasn't like his dad. He he was coming with some new dangerous ideas, you know, and he led the Wapanoags in attacking the colonists. And uh, in the meantime, so they went to war, and this Williams guy was elected captain of Providence's militia, okay? By the end of the war, uh, his fucking house got burned down along with most of Providence, and uh, he died a couple of years later. They don't even know exactly when he died. He was buried on his own property. Uh, and then 50 years after that, his house collapsed into the cellar, and the location of his grave was forgotten. 
So according to the Park Service there in 1860, they, they wanted to raise a monument now, you know, and they dug up the spot where they believed the remains were, but they only found nails and some teeth and bone, like fragments. And then they, they found this apple tree root, which they thought kind of was shaped like him. <laughs> okay. And, that, and the root, <laughs> that root is, uh, has been cared for by the, by the Rhode Island Historical Society since then as a representative of uh, Rhode Island's founder. And uh, it, <laughs> it's been on display in the John Brown house since 2007. A root of a tree, an apple tree shaped like this guy. So that's kind of a a dubious sort of an ending for this guy. Kind of a, what's the word? Ignominious? <laughs> yeah, there's a, that, that could be a word that describes that. But it, but this, it's, it's interesting about all these threatening new ideas he was coming in coming in with it's sort of like Fontana you know the city was incorporated in 1952 and uh, that's when they got their own form of government and you know own police department and that the first person ever arrested in Fontana was arrested for smuggling books into the city uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> apparently yeah. they weren't they weren't very yeah. fond of new ideas either at the time oh, those books are filled with new ideas Throckmorton is where is the name uh, yeah, that's where Throg's neck comes from. So I got a little off topic there, but uh, the, whole, the thing was founded by uh, Throckmorton. By the way, longtime residents there, they still like the 2G version. I doubt, I, don't, I doubt it's very hotly contested at this point. Either way, uh, Throg's neck is better than its old name. Um, Todd's dick. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, that is that is a little, yeah, that's an improvement. <laughs> Ray, uh, it's a pleasure talking to you about the stuff you've, you've forgotten more about law enforcement than most people will ever know. Uh, it's much appreciated uh, that, that you've shared, uh, you know, the experience that you developed throughout your illustrious career and uh, from which you've now retired for now. Oh, yes. And uh, anybody can, uh, if they like, they can uh, follow me on Twitter at Ray Schneider's or at Facebook at uh, Ray Schneiders as well. I recommend it. And uh, we'll be talking to you again soon, Ray. Thanks again for your time. Great, Pat. Always a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Thank you for listening to New York City Crime Report. Your projections aren't really matching the current data.